Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. Hi friends, the world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. Welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. This week we are talking about 1987's Nightmare at Noon, as picked by Brian. Brian, I know that in your heart of hearts, your intentions are to try to find the next Out of the Dark. But <laughs> no, the- no, that wasn't this one. This was put on before. This is an 80s film. Let me have it, because I am in full defense mode. Okay, let's hear what you have to say. This movie was fucking so funny to watch. I enjoyed it from beginning to end. Like, the the biggest selling point wasn't even horror. It wasn't even gore, right? There is a line where they find out the water is contaminated. And they were like, just don't drink any water. Did anyone have any water? And the one guy says, I haven't touched water in years, which is fucking hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) So, so here's, here's the thing. I've got five notes and I want to reach you my fifth note verbatim real quick. I think I may have fallen asleep. (laughs) I remember that they were at a police station. I closed my eyes. And when I opened them, there was a helicopter chase. So I think I literally just you missed the missed- entire fucking movie. Yeah, you did actually fall asleep. I thought you were man, making you're so a joke. lucky. Like, I was like, man, I don't know what's happening in this movie. And then all of a sudden I was like, why are there helicopters? What is happening? But I thought that it was so funny that I was so confused. I was like, I'm not even going to rewind this. I'm just going to go in and let them tell me what I missed. So let's start at the beginning and we'll get there. The first thing that I loved about this movie is that Whoever they hired for sound effects was getting their money's worth because 
the opening scene is just like beep, boop, boop, beep, 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 whamp, whamp. and then like <laughs> even like the car has the aruga horn sound like it is just off the wall with the sound effects in this to the point that I would have thought that this was like Enter the Fist type movie where they had a different film and were redubbing it. And someone was like, wouldn't it be funny if we just put a bunch of weird sound effects for every <laughs> single thing that people do? But no, this movie is so takes itself so seriously that Hans Zimmer did the music. Yeah, yeah. but I question that because I like Hans Zimmer's music. I've heard Hans Zimmer's music. And for like the 30 or 40 minutes of this movie that I was conscious, it sounded like somebody's friend on a synthesizer. It did not sound yeah. like Hans Zimmer. I don't know how Hans Zimmer was involved in this and I didn't do any research because I didn't give a shit. Do you think that someone was just like, wouldn't it be funny if we just wrote Hans Zimmer's name down as who did the score? And they're like, no, because yeah, like we'll ever see this. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah. they would have gotten in trouble because the dude is fucking world class now and th- this is on amazon so yeah, but we all true. did we all watch this on amazon yep i, okay, did, I must yes. say like matt doesn't own this i mean no. I, I, I can't see matt own it matt owns a lot of questionable stuff but not this see but what's what blows my mind that matt didn't like this or, or fell asleep was after watching the movie after knowing what the movie is called and seeing the poster art for it I was blown away to find out that this was not a canon picture. Like this yeah, is no. a canon movie through and through. And Matt loves canon movies. So when I was looking up the trivia for the movie, it said that so the I don't I can't pronounce this director's last name, but it was like Nico Mastorkis Part 3. And they're like in the documentary Nico Mastorkis Part 3, it discusses the filming of this movie. And I was like, why are there three documentaries about this guy? So I click because in. he's an egomaniac. No, so I mean the guy has made nothing that we know, like nothing. Here's what I wanted to draw attention to. This is the releases that he did from 1985 until 92. Sky High in 1985. The Zero Boys in 1986. The Wind in 1986. Terminal Exposure in 1987. Nightmare at Noon in 1988. Glitch in 1988. Dark Room in 1989. Ninja Academy in 1989. Hired to Kill at 1990. In the Cold of Night in 1990. And The Naked Truth in 1992. So he was popping out two movies a year for four years straight. <laughs> Does that really mean he deserves a three-part documentary? No, no. I think that, uh, I mean, I really, truly don't think anyone should remember him at all. But I was like, that is the sign of a dude who's literally just like, I'm going to make it. <laughs> He's just <laughs> doing whatever he can. But like this movie's so, one of the trivia facts was, and this is like IMDb trivia to a T, but it was, this was George Kennedy's first time in Utah. Like, I don't care. I don't care. This movie screams Utah. Everything about it screams Utah. But I mean, it's got some gorgeous shots in the desert in the end. But I haven't seen the crazies, but I'm assuming that it's the same concept, you know? And and so it's compared. Okay. Everything online was comparing it. And the 70s crazies is like probably one of my least favorite Romero movies, but I think it's one of the best remakes that I've ever seen because it was like, oh, we took this really bad movie and did something do new with like a unique twist on it. So like who um who did the new one? 
I don't remember. It was just I remember it was like at a time where most it. of the remakes that came out were complete trash. And that one was like I remember the big thing I liked about it was that in the Crazies remake, all of the people in the town act like normal people and they actually have the Crazies issue on lockdown like early on. Like they're like, OK, something's going on. We know how to handle this. And they get everything like in a good spot where where things are going okay and they should be fine and it's not until the government steps up and is like we've got to take control of this that all hell breaks loose uh but it looks like the guy who did the crazies remake really hasn't done anything else i've never heard of him breck eisner i've heard of two of the movies that he directed but i don't remember hearing if they were good uh the last witch hunter and sahara the last witch hunter is that a horror movie I guess it was from 2015, so probably not a very good uh, movie. But yeah, uh, the first line, of, well, I guess the only quote that I wrote down is, them's pretty lights, what you making? A movie? I have that one too, <laughs> yeah. I have a question. If you're an albino, mm-hmm. is it really a good idea to wear white all the time? Because <laughs> oh. he literally wears white all the time. Uh, I mean, he's walking around looking like fucking Doc Brown about to like test out the <laughs> <laughs> test out the DeLorean in the Lone Pines parking lot. So <laughs> you can ask him because they're both guys with white hair and a big old white suit. Uh, he also looks like he's auditioning for Devo at certain shots. So, like, <laughs> Those glasses at the end. Dude, Hell yeah. Ridiculous. ridiculous. I was like, what the fuck? Like for so I this wasn't my double feature, but I had misinterpreted it. What the when I looked at the plot description, I was under the impression that this was like an alien movie, <laughs> like like that aliens came down and put something in the in the water to make people crazy. So when it started with this dude looking all fucking 80s doubt and <laughs> and like playing like a beep boop bop on like a terrible fucking 80s computer, I was like, man, my double feature is going to be Suburban Commando. <laughs> but, <laughs> But then, like, I kept watching the movie and was like, oh, no, this has. But did you really keep watching the movie? I think that that's a suspect. We'll get to to where where I may or may not have passed out. So I got to the so we get to the diner scene and like the diner. They have pretty good. Did you see that there's carpet on the floor in that diner? It's a terrible decision for a food business. (laughs) One hundred percent. Terrible. So disgusting to me. But yeah, so we're in the diner. He stabs the girl in the hand. And this also made me laugh is he's like losing his mind. And then our, our hero is just tapping him on the shoulder going, excuse me, uh, excuse me. And then the guy turns around and then he punches him, but it does nothing. But the, the, the calmness of the excuse me during the crazy freak out is, (laughs) is great. And then George Kennedy rolls up and I was like, Hey, naked Naked (laughs) 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 just forever a cop. But he shows up. Then, like, the thing that makes me laugh is that you've got this guy who's stabbing people in the face. He's screaming nonsense. He's oozing green and, like, just looks awful. And they're like, it must be because they foreclosed his house. Like, there's no. Yeah. Yeah. And then his son comes up or something. And he's, like, yeah. trying to, to talk to him. And then yeah. dad mom, shoots mom him misses you, chest. dad. Mom misses you. But then, yeah, he gets shot in the chest by a shotgun. And then that's when they finally take him out. Bam, bang. And he's still bleeding green. They shoot him multiple times. Nothing but green oozing out of his body. And like, they're still not questioning. And they shoot him in the fucking leg. The the hitchhiker is. The hitchhiker's questioning from the gate. Because he says, why don't you go take a look at his leg? (laughs) 
<laughs> That's true. The hitchhiker is the best part in this movie because he's the only person who understands what the fuck is happening. I do remember that we get to the we get to the police station. We meet the daughter cop, and then the daughter cop. There's like a woman that freaks out inside the police station. I remember that. That's the wife. The wife. Okay, the wife freaks out in the police station. Because she drinks some water while the two dudes drink beer at 10 a.m. at the diner. <laughs> Her quote is amazing. The The hitchhiker goes, you shouldn't drink that water. And she's like, water is good for me. And I know what my body wants or something like that. And she like gives him this sly, like, fuck me. I am like, your husband's right there. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that George Clinton gets set, or George Clinton, George Kennedy gets <laughs> set on fire at some point. And I do remember that they basically were like, hey, the water's poisoned. Don't shoot to kill because these are some good folks in this town. And then like immediately the hitchhiker like shoots and kills. Somebody. Yeah, but like before that, even the, the first guy, like the old guy who's just going on a spree is like he runs this woman. He runs into this woman on her car. Murders oh, God, her. I forget, He's yes. like shooting people's cars and making explosions like fuck. That's my favorite part in the movie is that old lady getting smashed by the car. That is a dank scene. <laughs> yeah, no, that's some good stuff right there. It did a reverse Dust Till Dawn before Dust Till Dawn came out. It went from like a sci-fi horror movie to end, which I don't know if you woke up at this point, but it goes into like a straight like Western style yeah. shootout. Like even the even the soundtrack matches it. I think that's what they were going for. I just thought it was a load of fun, man. I thought it was a load of fun. I can't believe you guys were so bored by it that it put you to sleep. Mad of all people, it put Matt. Yeah, I'm actually I, in uh, 260 episodes, whatever we're on, dude. I cannot believe that this is the movie that you fell asleep to. Like you have never fallen asleep to a movie for this show. And to be fair, that might not even have anything to do with the movie. I just had a long day before I watched the movie. But you also didn't try to go back. I feel like this is just um, you're trying to. To, to get reparations for Brian picking such bad shit and also not watching May when I picked it. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm doing for you. I said, this is what he gets. This is, for, this is for Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to force my body to fall asleep. That'll teach him. I mean, I don't think I would ever watch it again, but like I would watch this again over the last Brian pick. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Well, Brian would, too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I apologize. I don't know what else you guys want from me, okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we want you to not do it anymore. <laughs> I can't promise that. So the big thing I need you guys to explain to me is how did we get to the helicopters? <laughs> um. So, well, you saw you saw the police chief on fire, you said, right? Yeah. Okay, so then the uh, the bad guys come rolling into town, but the good guys are waiting for them. They're ready for him. So, so the bad guys are coming and they're spraying with their, they're, they're pretty much clearing the scene. They're burning down all the evidence. And then they get to a drive in movie theater, but they're waiting at the roof and there's a shootout that ensues. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> and the whole time the police chief is, he's stronger than anyone else in the town, I guess, because like, he is got zombie water transmission in the sense where he's constantly trying to fight it throughout half the movie and then finally when it gets to a point where he can't fight it anymore he just pretty much becomes a martyr and he goes out and he shoots the last two bad guys they light him on fire he dives into the van and explodes it and then you're awake now okay that's pretty much all you missed 
All right, so we get into these helicopters. There's what felt like, for someone who who was looking up at a screen confused, felt like <laughs> I was in the middle of a helicopter chase that was still a very long helicopter chase from the point that I looked up. Oh, you did miss the crash. <laughs> did you miss the car crash? The trauma-style car crash? Uh, yeah, I definitely did. There was a trauma-style car crash, and what was so incredible about it, another reason why this movie is great, is... They didn't angle the camera the way they should have. So when the car flips, you clearly see a guy in like a race car jumpsuit with a helmet yep. on. You yep. you see the stunt driver so clear. It was incredible. <laughs> All right. That's pretty awesome. But yeah, so they blow up the helicopter. The day's saved. And I don't know who this actor is. Apparently, he's a pretty well-known actor, but I have a feeling he's never kissed a human being in his entire oh life. Oh, my because... God, that kiss. <laughs> That's my last note. It's just two words. Worst kiss. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like he smashed his face against her and then just started moving it back and forth and hoping that that was how the kiss worked. He taught so many teenage boys the wrong thing. <laughs> you can take that however you want. Yeah, well, I mean, that's assuming that a teenage boy ever saw this movie, which uh, until Brian picked How did you even hear about this? Listen, this this was put on my list like as soon as I became on the show. I don't know if it's been, it, it must have been on Prime for that long because that's how I made most of my picks. It's like I just went through and I still didn't have a full grasp of what this show was. So I was like, okay, we do ridiculous stuff. And I was just kind of scrolling through Amazon Prime at my on my computer at work like, oh, this looks ridiculous, I'm going to add this. This looks ridiculous, I'm going to add this. And I think that's how I added it. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Pass to Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. Hi friends, the world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and, oh, the practical effects. <sighs> um, and also the male gaze? My gaze at the males. hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. 
Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. What would your double feature be with this? I would probably do Cowboys and Aliens. Because Cowboys and Aliens? it is a mix of sci-fi and action, and it wasn't executed well either. Yeah. Oh, no. It was. <laughs> it is the worst thing that John Favreau's name has ever been attached to. I know. I know. And wow, starring Daniel Craig, Harrison Ford, and Olivia Wilde? It's wild that it got made. It could have been so good. And, like, John Favreau is not someone that I want to have any negatives attached to his name. So it actually makes me sad. Yeah, it, it, uh, Guys, we have to do that for a Patreon bonus episode. No, okay. it's so long. I'll watch it again. so long. <laughs> All right. I'll, well, it's not I'll like stop. you not like you even stayed awake for this one. And, and Patreon, <laughs> yeah, you good. don't you don't give 100 percent anyway. Yeah. That's not true. taking that. Me and Scott got this. <laughs> <laughs> Is take a nap gonna be your new take a lap? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh Scott, you go because I have two options for this, honestly. I'm going with Planet Terror or just going to sleep. Like, uh, (laughs) you know. All right. So when I was watching the movie and the first person gets turned by the drinking water, I was like, man, he looks just like Trey Parker in the opening scene of Cannibal the Musical where he's like, (laughs) I was like, oh, man, I want to watch. I want to watch Cannibal the Musical. So that's one of my two double features. But then when I looked up the movie on IMDb to get some facts, I was like, this poster looks like some big trouble in little China shit if I've ever seen it. So, I mean, I would also, if I was basing it on picking up the VHS tape at the video store, I'd also be like, well, just in case this is bad, let me grab Big Trouble in Little China. Those are my double features with an S. But Brian, how about we bounce over to you for what is something that you watched or read or whatever this past week that you want to give a a thumbs up to? Did either of you watch Upload yet? Believe it or not, listeners, most of the time we don't have all three of us agree that something is great. It's not super common. I think that all three of us will adore this show. So I'll save it. I just love Robbie Amell because he's not a good actor. Oh, God. Did you guys watch this? I don't know if it was Netflix movie, but I saw it on Netflix. And I I didn't mention it when I watched it like a month ago. But it's called Code 8. No. Oh, my God. It's so fucking dumb. It's this idea of people with superpowers are second class citizens but it's not like they're superheroes they're they're, you're not allowed to use your powers right um and and so steven and robbie are not brothers but they both have powers and they become criminals and the to to fight this uh like drug lord thing Uh, it's so dumb so looking at robbie amell's imdb credits just real quick not only is he in the movie Code 8, but five years prior, he was in the short film Code 8. Oh, yeah, the 2016 short film of the same name. Yeah, and then he was also in Nine Lives, starring Kevin Kevin Spacey. That's going to be a Patreon. And The Babysitter. It's where Kevin Spacey turns into a cat. (laughs) It looks, I've actually never seen it, uh, but I want to. (laughs) I love the fact, what year was that? Oh, it was like within the past 10 years. But okay, there it is. 2016. He what? What? <laughs> Dude, it looks so dank. Uh, so, I bet you he's gonna. I bet you Kevin Spacey's not a good husband or father, but he is after he becomes a cat. That's just my theory. <laughs> so Stephen Amell, in one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. I'm gonna. We're gonna get into some wrestling talk for a second. So there's a wrestler from the 90s that 
most people know whether they watch wrestling or not, which was Gold Dust. Mm. So that wrestler has a brother named Cody, Cody Rhodes, Stardust. Who, who was Stardust. <laughs> yeah. They it made him a joke. <laughs> it was. It was. Yeah. yeah. So they made Zingy. him Yeah, so they made him this like side character to Gold Dust called Stardust. But like Cody Rhodes there's some wrestlers like Dwayne The Rock Johnson where you're like, that guy actually has the potential to like maybe be a good actor. Dave um, Batista. <clears throat> yeah. So Cody Rhodes hated that he was doing this character and has been very public. He's like, I hated this character so much. But the only thing that I liked about it was that I said, I'll do the character if you let me channel every 60s Batman villain when I play the character. So like <laughs> he's just going full like Riddler or Joker and he's just rambling about like the cosmos and he's like, I'm a super villain, blah, blah, blah. So he's a huge fan of comic books and DC comics and he convinced Steve Amell to wrestle him as Green Arrow in a superhero versus super villain wrestling match at a at a pay-per-view. That's actually amazing. It was the strangest shit I've ever seen. But like, I remember us all watching it as like a pay-per-view party and just be like, what is this? This is amazing that this is happening. Uh, so for my, uh, what did I watch this week? Nothing. But I did read a Stephen King book that I actually really enjoyed. So I've said it before, and, and this just further proves my suspicions. Stephen King works a lot better when he's not writing horror, but he's just writing novels and novellas that have just a little sprinkling of supernatural in them. But otherwise, they're very like day in the life of coming of age type tales. Uh, and this was a book called Joyland. Have you ever read it, Scott? Never even heard of it. Is it recent? Maybe in the last 10 years. Yeah, I haven't read any Stephen King in, since. Well, the only Stephen King that I've read in my adult life is 11, 22, 63. Okay, so you might like this and it's short too. It's like a 300 page like Stephen King book. And it's about a kid in the 70s who goes to work at an amusement park. And while he's at the amusement park, there's like a dark ride house of horrors that a couple of years prior, someone was murdered in there and they never found the killer. And there's always this rumor that the ghost is inside the haunted house. So throughout the whole summer, his goal is to meet the ghost, but also like he keeps trying to figure out who the murderer was. And it's, it's just like a murder mystery novel written by Stephen King, which is a little sprinkling of like supernatural aspects into it but otherwise it was just like it's one of those books where you're reading it and you're like oh this reminds me why like there are books by Stephen King that I love so much is like when he's just letting characters be characters and he's building this world and he's building this world of carny talk and like it just does a really good job of making you be like man like maybe it wouldn't be so bad to work at an amusement park like he just <laughs> captures like that fun summer 18 you're just like hanging out with friends and working at an amusement park and just like dicking around type atmosphere and it was a it was a nice little read while i was laying on the couch during a lockdown <laughs> all right scott much to my chagrin um megan and i what well much to her chagrin i don't actually know who's chagrin i just like the word chagrin um <laughs> we made the mistake of watching logan together her choice not mine because I was talking about wanting to rewatch Days of Future Past. And she was like, I fucking love Wolverine movies. I love Wolverine. I love Hugh Jackman. Why did you watch Logan without me last year? I was like, because I didn't think you'd want to watch it. Uh, she was like, I prefer X-Men movies. They're so fun. There are way more like uh, female characters, or female superheroes that aren't just following around 
the guys like the the Avengers suck with the the female characters. I'm like, hey, she's not wrong. But so she's like, I want to watch Logan. And so she rents it and she hates it. She hated it. She was like, this isn't fun. <laughs> like, I didn't tell you it was going to be fun. She's like, you know, spoiler alert, he dies. I'm like, honey, it's the whole story is about him finally dying. And she's like, this is a terrible movie. It, it, she's like, so stressful. It took us two nights to finish. But she did <laughs> think it was pretty funny that Lyra, the girl who plays Lyra in um, His Dark Materials, is the girl who plays X-23 in Logan. So yeah, she was pretty upset about that. So I might need to make it up to her suffering through like X-Men. Which yeah. I mean, like I love the X-Men comic books. I, I do. And it makes me hate the X-Men movies that much more. Except for Days of Future Past, which is a really fun time. And First uh, Class. Of the OG ones that came out, also X-2 has a lot of really good fight choreography. Yeah, uh, yeah. X-2 is fun because it's got Nightcrawler in it. But yeah. like, it's not a really my good favorite. movie. Nightcrawler was my favorite. That is Nightmare at Noon, as picked by Brian from 1987. It was a movie for sure uh and next week we are going to be watching something that scott picked something that scott has threatened to pick many a times and i am here for it so tune in next week for that and we will be back with another episode of our movie night listening to the Geekscape Network. Do you like to laugh, geek out on music, and learn all about that band or artist who had that one song back in the day, but then seemed to fall off the face of the earth? If so, you need to subscribe to One Hit Thunder. Together with an array of interesting and hilarious guests, we do a weekly dive into one-hit wonders like Eiffel 65's Blue, Crayshon's Gucci Gucci, EMF's Unbelievable, Delamitri's Roll to Me, Los Del Rio's Macarena, Musical Youth's Past the Duchy, and even Patrick Swayze's She's Like the Wind. So are you subscribed to One Hit Thunder or what? As Desiree would say, you gotta be. And as K7 would encourage, you gotta come baby come and join in on the fun of the One Hit Thunder podcast. Hi friends, the world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.